You are listening to the Forcecom Frontline, bringing you to our soldiers on the front lines of readiness. Hey everyone, welcome to the Forcecom Frontline. I'm Ashley and I'm your host. To close out the year, our final episode of 2021 dives into the homecoming of Chaplain Emil Kapan, a veteran of the Korean War and Medal of Honor recipient. To help us share this story, we are joined by Chaplain Raymond Kopek, our Forcecom chaplain, in special escort to Kapan's remains as they made their way back to Kansas earlier this year. Father Kapan was born in Kansas in 1916, and from early on, he knew that he had a calling to a priestly vocation. In 1940, he was ordained a Catholic priest and joined the U.S. Army Chaplain Corps in 1944. He served the remainder of World War II in Burma and India, where he traveled to provide mass and hear confessions of soldiers spread throughout the area. After World War II, Kapan separated from the Army and earned his advanced degree in education. But just two years later, Kapan re-enlisted in the Army Chaplain Corps and mobilized in support of the Korean War. During the Battle of Usan, November 1st through the 2nd, 1950, Kapan was serving with the 3rd Battalion of the 8th Cavalry Regiment. As Chinese Communist forces encircled the battalion, Kapan moved fearlessly from foxhole to foxhole under direct enemy fire in order to provide comfort and reassurance to the outnumbered soldiers. He repeatedly exposed himself to enemy fire to recover wounded men, dragging them to safety. When he couldn't drag them, he dug shallow trenches to shield them from enemy fire. Chaplain Kopek said Kapan could have retreated to safety, but instead stayed. His unit was surrounded. Uh, he had an opportunity to withdraw and um, escape. However, him and a doctor, they chose to stay with, with the wounded. So he was taken um, prisoner. These actions earned Kapan the Medal of Honor, which was presented to his family in April of 2013. But after being taken as a prisoner, Kapan continued to care for soldiers, Chaplain Kopek explained. Uh, and after a grueling march to a prison camp, um, uh, he spent uh, time in the prison camp uh, serving his soldiers. And his actions in that prison camp uh, actually uh, became a basis for the uh, code of conduct that we have. Not too many people know about. Uh, so he kept stealing food and tobacco and whatever he could from <laughs> Koreans and mm-hmm. giving it to his soldiers, mm-hmm. caring for wounded, mm-hmm. cleaning their wounds, uh, cleaning the uh, bandages and so on, simply doing a simple task to, uh, to help soldiers and to keep out their spirit. It's amazing to think that even after being captured, Kapan urged his fellow soldiers to do the right thing in the face of what they presumed to be certain death. He taught the men at the prison camp what it means to live selflessly. He continued to care for, comfort, and encourage them. He risked his own life time and time again by stealing food or medicine from the guards, or offering his own daily rations to his fellow prisoners in order to keep them alive longer. But after more than six months at the prison's camp, Kapan's deteriorated health and malnutrition caused him to develop pneumonia, which he never recovered from. He died on May 23, 1951. Despite Kapan being buried at the camp and classified as unaccounted for for decades, his story left that camp by way of survivors. They shared his story as often as they could and told the world how their lives were saved because of him. Kopek said it makes sense that Kapan would put others before himself as he had always been one to serve. When we put his life in a context, there's a certain 
mm, consistency in it. It's obvious that since he was a, a young man, uh, since he was a boy, he really was concerned with serving people. Okay. And serving, and then as a man, as a priest, serving God in his people. And he's done it in a very practical, as only farm boy could do. So Father Capon, um, as you said, he, not many people recognize, but besides being the Medal of Honor winner, he also, his actions uh, have become basis for uh, code of conduct of armed forces. But also his overall life earned him also a very important position in the Catholic Church which uh, is he is the um, servant of God. What that means is that he is in, um, that's the first stage, if you will, of becoming officially recognized saint of the Catholic Church. It was in 1993 when the Vatican declared Capon a servant of God. In order for him to be named a saint, the Vatican will have to find proof of two posthumous miracles connected to Capon. But Kopec said, many already think of him as a saint. As Catholics, we believe that anybody who is with God in heaven is a saint. However, some of those people, because of the virtue, how they live, they set as an example for us. And Father Capon is one of those who is in the process of being officially, if you will, recognized by Catholic Church as a wow. saint. But the main reason is to set his example and his virtue mm -hmm. to us, to help us in, in our journey. Father Capon died on the 23rd of May of 1951 in the prison camp in North Korea, um, and his remains were not identified until March 2nd of 2021. And in May of this year, the Defense POW-MIA Accounting Agency announced that Capon's remains had been positively identified. His remains had been interred in a grave marked unknown at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu in 1956. They were disinterred in 2019 as part of DPAA's Korean War Disinterment Project, and Capon was finally identified, beginning the chaplain's final journey home to Kansas after more than 70 years. And Chaplain Kopech was there for that journey. But actually, I received a phone call from Chaplain Soldier, uh, the Army Chief of Chaplains, a few days before the uh, official announcement that the remains were uh, identified and uh, he informed me about it, and he asked me if I would be willing to be the escort officer. Of course, my first reaction was to, come on, he's Pope Catholic. I've been familiar with Father Capon and what he did, so of course, uh, my first reaction was such a great honor uh, to be even asked. Of course, I said, yes, by all means. Then when it became official, we began to work all the details. Capon's remains traveled from Hawaii to Texas and then finally to Kansas, with his grandniece, Air Force Major Christina Capon Roberts, being his escort officer. Kopech was there to represent the Army and the Chief of Chaplains, to provide support to the family and the escort officer, and lastly, to serve as a chaplain for the ramp ceremonies. Kopech, who has performed ramp ceremonies for soldiers killed in action in Afghanistan, said that this mission brought back a lot of memories. On a very personal level, um, during my last deployment to Afghanistan as a U.S. for Alpha chaplain in Bagram, it was part of my responsibility was to train and supervise chaplain portion of um, ramp ceremonies. That also brought a lot of memory. As a matter of fact, I used the same prayers I used in Afghanistan. Uh, so definitely that was very, very touching, very moving, uh, but also yeah, it brought some not necessarily happy memories to solve it. For Kopech, this was a once-in-a-lifetime mission and something he will never forget. While the mission was quick 
and tiring, he said, it was spiritually rewarding. He shared a few of his reflections from the experience. For me as a priest, as a chaplain, as a staff officer, it was a very, very rewarding um, journey. And the first reflection that came to mind was that Father Capon, 70 years after he died, 70 years later, he still continues to bring people together, people of different walks of life, different skills, different backgrounds. And uh, just to give you an example, when we were in the Honolulu airport uploading the remains on the uh, on the aircraft, actually there was a, a group from uh, a Hawaiian group who did the uh, traditional Hawaiian farewell song and dancing prior to that. So. Uh, then when we arrived to um, Dallas, we had this group of volunteers who are actually on our team, which is run by American Airlines. And so you had uh, former Marines, Navy personnel, Army, Air Force working together, and uh, they do those transfer quite frequently. So seeing those people, different uh, backgrounds coming together. Even when you look at the, uh, the traveling crew, we had... Uh, the bishop, we had the family members, we had the, one of the priests who was uh, also was an army chaplain in the past, uh, plus there were some, um, some of the crews. One of the events that took place also the uh, farewell mass at the um, cathedral in Honolulu in Hawaii. Local bishop, he organized this mass. And again, looking at the people who participated, whole range of races, ethnicities, uh, backgrounds, whole bunch of Protestant chaplains who showed up, participate, and and to pay the honor. So it was just amazing to see how 70 years later he continues to um, to bring people together. We talk a lot about leadership. They continue to give us books on leadership and uh, and so on. And to me, Father Capon was such a great example of um, of leadership and leadership, which is actually close in the Warren Board being a servant. Uh, when we look at his life, and again, as I said, from the times when he was a, uh, a boy and a young man and um, how he worked on the parish and how he served in the military and how he served his soldiers, you see somebody who had that spirit of servant, a humble servant. And as far as I'm concerned, that's what leadership is all about. And again, so it's very evident in his life. And it was a great reminder to me uh, if that you have to keep being a servant, to be a humble servant uh, of God and his people. And also what I found, you know, General Garrett talks a lot about mastering fundamentals. That's one of the uh, priorities. And that's one, I have to say, that's one of my favorite ones. To me, Father Capon is just a great example of how to master fundamentals. And if I would translate in a spiritual language, I would say, the great simplicity of his ministry. Because as to what he did, it was nothing complicated. Serving his soldiers, hardly somebody would say that stealing tobacco from, uh, <laughs> from, from Koreans to give it to soldiers to, to smoke. Um, well, maybe it's not the, uh, the best example, but when you think about it, what a morale booster. So again, when you look at his actions, it's such a great reminder to us that there's, there's such a beauty in its simplicity. And what I'd like to say is, um, you know, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, she had this saying, I cannot do great things, but I can do small things with great love. And to me, that's where that simplicity and evident in, in Father Capon's life were simple tasks, but with such a great love and such a great purpose. And, and the final point is because the question is, of course, the question is, <clears throat> 
why he was able to do it? Why not somebody else? You know? And so on. And I would say, actually, the answer is very simple. Talking about somebody who is spiritually fit and somebody who is spiritually ready. Because definitely he had a great identity mm-hmm. as a Catholic priest. He sure. was very well grounded in his Catholic tradition, Catholic faith. But what made him to make that type of sacrifice, simply vol- like, like the doctor, volunteering to stay with the wounded, to put his life at risk, that somebody has a, who is really spiritually fit and spiritually strong. And, and I think that's what we need to continue to remind ourselves and our soldiers that, um, you know, that spiritual fitness is so essential to all of us. Father Capon was entered at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Wichita, Kansas, on September 29th, 2021. Thousands of people gathered to honor Capon as he was laid to rest 70 years after his death. Kopec added that the mission helped him to reevaluate some of the things in his own life. That um, also influenced my life because uh, definitely that mission helped me to kind of pull back and uh, maybe reevaluate mm. uh, some of the things I need to do in my life. Okay. So uh, it's never too late to learn. It is never too late to learn. So while we were with Chaplain Kopec, we asked him to talk a little bit about how chaplains can assist soldiers and their families. I think at times people have a wrong perception of chaplains. So my pitch is very simple. I have nothing for sale. I have nothing to sell to you. However, what I can do is I'm here for you to walk with you in your journey of discovery of life, truth, spirituality, whatever you please. I am here to help you in your journey, to assist you in your journey. I'm ready to meet you wherever you are. As chaplains, one of the requirements we have is to be capable, be able to function in a pluralistic environment. So in other words, um, when you come to see a chaplain, my role is not to convert you to be a Catholic, to be an altar boy, to be a priest. My role is first and foremost to listen, to listen to you, to meet you where you are as a soldier and assist you with, with your journey. Like, for example, lately we have uh, quite a few counselings, uh, including even though I'm so far removed from the troops now uh, on this level, but still... I, uh, I'm still involved uh, with, with ministry, and even myself, I had a, quite a few counseling sessions with soldiers who struggle with the, uh, the whole concept of uh, COVID-19 vaccination mandate. And even talking to my junior chaplains, I keep reminding them, listen, our role is not to convince anybody of anything. Our role is to assist people to help our soldiers to find the answers that they're comfortable with. Chaplain Kopec said that soldiers' religious affiliation, or maybe lack thereof, doesn't necessarily matter when going to speak to a chaplain. Uh, if you're Muslim, if you're Catholic, if you're uh, Jewish, Protestant, you're my soldier. That's what's essential to me. And I'll meet you where you are, and then I'll ha- we'll have a conversation. So to give you an example, um, again, as I said, I dealt with soldiers in the past who were atheists and we had a great conversation. So I learned a lot from them because one of my soldiers, actually, he grew up in an atheist family. Okay. So his view on the world was so different. And I found it fascinating. Sure. I learned a lot from him. Uh, but as I said, it's, it's so important uh, to respect... Uh, people's uh, desires, but also to respect uh, the pace on which they walk and assist them, but don't force anything upon them. At least that's how I see it. 
so the best way I can put it is, uh, I'm going to speak purely now as a Catholic priest in the army, uh, and that's the, that's the mantra I've been following. If you come to me as a soldier, and let's say you're Jewish, and through conversation with me, an interaction with me, you become more devoted Jew, uh, more serious about your relationship with, with God through the uh, prism of uh, your tradition, I accomplish my mission. If you are an atheist and you come talk to me and simply by through interaction with me, if you become a better human being, maybe you're able to work out some of your philosophy of life that will help you to make uh, healthy, positive choices, I accomplish my mission. Chaplains can also provide confidential counseling. They don't keep records, and they are bound to keep any discussion you have with them confidential. That means what you talk to a chaplain about will not be repeated back to your leadership. And like Chaplain Kopech said, the main role of chaplains is to meet you where you are and help you come to the best decision for you. Chaplains can guide you to the right resources, whether that be mental health resources or spiritual resources. They can help you navigate life during difficult times. So before we sign off for the month, I want to urge anyone listening that may be going through something to please reach out for help. If you're just looking for someone to talk to or you aren't sure where to go for help, there are resources available and your unit chaplain is just the first step in connecting to those resources and getting yourself to a better place. Chaplain Capon lived a life of selfless service, putting others before himself. As we go into the holiday season, live your life like Chaplain Capon. Ask someone if they need help. Reach out to someone who may be alone for the holidays or volunteer to help those in need. You never know how much your small gesture may mean to someone. That's it for season one of the Forcecom Frontline. Join us in January for season two. In the meantime, get all of your Forcecom news on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and make sure you follow the Frontline on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. Happy holidays, and we will see you next year on the Frontline.